0: glides inside 50 and hammers at home. Waitman over his head. Cody Waitman's kicked a miracle goal. Looking for Vanavir. He can go all the way. Straight bang to hit the front for 10 goals. They call him yes! Bruce! Bruce! Can Smith score. Towards goal. Bally steeds it he got the dust in the guy, he's got it! The Dogs
1: are going to win! Welcome to the Salty Bulldog, the podcast that just wishes, sometimes, things were just a little bit different. My name is Matthew Donald, I'm the host of the Salty Bulldog. I'm sure you know my associate by now, Nick Galea, and I'm sure, of course, you know as well about the Salty Bulldog podcast, where you can subscribe to listen to that. Apple Podcasts, yep, Spotify, and there's also the Footy Live app by Sportsmate. You can download that onto your Mobile device, check the podcast tab and you'll be able to find The Salty Bulldog there as well. And there's our social media channels as well. Twitter at The Salty Bulldog, Facebook and Instagram and our website as well, www.thesaltybulldog.wixsite.com forward slash home. Nick, I welcome you to the program today. It's been another interesting week in the life of Western Bulldog supporters. Where's the head at at the moment in terms of your thinking I know. I know a lot will be going through your head over what's happened in the last few days. But where are we at at the moment? Uh, what what sort of stage are, are we at? Mm. Okay. Hello to everyone
0: out there. How uh, good, you're still good with us. God, I'm still with us. It's just very different. But hello, everyone. Oh, jeez. Where are we at the moment? There's clearly nowhere near where I would have thought. Where we think we probably could be. You and I. Um, and that's probably even pending with certain structural deficiencies going on because we've shown we've been good enough to cover it up haven't we over the years maybe not for yep. for extended periods of time but at least for, you know for blocks of matches within parts of the season we've been able to you know buy some time till the reinforcements come and unfortunately that's not the case because it's it's just this particular midfield of ours which is supposedly um, deemed, you know, it, you know, name-wise, the the best in the competition, um, but it is nowhere near as effective as it is, you know, supposed to be. It was for a period of time last year for about half a dozen to and a bit rounds, and and then it just dropped off in, in that regard there. So, our main strength, of course, has always been our ball-winning ability through the midfield. Having you know a rolling amount of not only the first rotation being you know high standard, but the second rotation coming through you know almost being a replica image of what was in the first, and being able to outlast teams in a contested fashion, there, body to body, body to body, and um, you know physically survive in that in that fashion, and that's not happening now, isn't it? No, you shouldn't be able to be beaten up by midfield of the Adelaide Crows minus rory sloan and the only major name that they have is brad and uh, not brad crouch matt crouch and ben keys is coming along very nicely for him but still that's pretty inexcusable i think yeah and i've got massive alarm bells ringing um a colleague or oh, friend of mine Matt, i don't know if you had heard this and i'm just just stating okay so do correct me on this if not go ahead um a colleague of yours in Jared Whaley, was he making particular comments about us? Um, saying that it's not exactly time to jump off, it's not time to jump off, but
1: Mark Robinson saying it's pretty, pretty close. So, uh, Jared, uh, hang on, which, which Jared, did you say Whately? I said Whately, yes, Whately, okay. Um, Oh, look, I haven't heard, uh, I haven't heard, uh, I haven't heard um, Waitley and Robinson um, so much. I I know that That was on on
0: Fox to be fair to you, but I don't know if you might've heard communications
1: perhaps. On any of those things, yeah, a little, 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 uh yeah, a little too poor for for Fox. till after the the Good Friday appeal. still working my way back from that. Uh, I did oh. see, <laughs> I did see there was an article uh, from Bleeding Robles Chips here, about, mate. I say they're uh, talking about excuses uh, for losers or something along that line, and, and that the Bulldogs have a sure. lot of excuses um, now. Yeah. I'm, we, I'm agreeing with that. It's it's shocking, I think, at this point in time. But yeah, uh, we sat down at the start of the season and made a prediction you know the first six weeks where do we where do we sort of see ourselves what's what's a pass mark and i i acknowledge that three of the sides we played in in the opening six weeks did actually beat us last year uh, so melbourne twice carlton and sydney so i would i i said four and two if we get four and two you know we'll be wait, that'll be because
0: okay. so, also lost uh wait so did you say richmond as well because
1: they defeated us Oh, last sorry. Yeah, no, that's right. that's right. Richmond knocked us over so as well. Four, four, four of the first six teams we played beat us last year at various junctures in the season. Uh, oh, no, sorry. It was... Hang on a minute. It's even more. Let me think about it. How many this. teams beat
0: us last season in the first
1: uh, few rounds? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me think about this. Melbourne, we didn't lose to Carlton last year. Sydney beat us. Richmond beat you us. You almost lost to Carlton. <laughs> it was, no, it was just three. It was just three. It was Melbourne, Carlton... Uh, sorry, it was Melbourne, Richmond, and... Uh, Sydney not Melbourne Carlton and Sydney so I just got that one wrong. my mistake it was three of the six. I said four and two would be a pass mark. you raised the bar a little higher. I can't remember if you said five and one or, or six I s- I said look
0: um, would I expect six no no would I be' we'll take it expecting <laughs> something along the lines of five and one Probably would I have been content with four and two? Pending where those losses had come, yeah, and in the particular fashion, like I would have probably arguably been more content to have had a defeat to Sydney than lose to Richmond in that fashion because I'd expect us to be beating Richmond and Sydney are a side definitely on the rise. So, in, in, in that respect, that's how I'd be going on it. Um, and you know, I'd be saying, What's really happening if we're three and three? So, you can imagine what I'm thinking the fact that we're
1: two and four now, two and four. so. Before we get too much into sort of the current state of, of play and, and the bigger picture, because I do want to get into to that, let's just get through the nuts and bolts of the, the game at the weekend. So you'll be happy to know, Nick, we kick more goals and points. We've got that going for us. And we kick yeah, more so goals just, in, than the opposition as well. Did we Did we have a charity to donate to this week? And <laughs> that. <terms> of- <laughs> No, I was thinking, you know maybe maybe five dollars for every straight air I pulled out, but no, I def- definitely would have been broke. 9862-81563. Here's one for you on the hopnick. The last time we lost a game by a point. Can you recall? I was thinking about this at work today, and I thought I had it, but it turns out there was, there was one uh, that's happened more recently um, than the one I was thinking of. Why don't you say? Uh, so I said around 16, 2006 against Geelong, we lost by a point.
0: But, yes, uh, but yes, we did not. Yeah, uh, we, we beat them by a point earlier that year. In the, yeah, the we did. But there is four. another
1: time since then that we've lost by a point. Earlier. Uh, no, between then and now. And 2006 else. to now. Oh, dear. I'll just go through the the goals and disposals while you think about that. So Norton, Trelaw, hmm. and Shackey, all multiple goal kickers. They kicked two each. Eugle, Hagen, Dunkley and Pelly. With the last couple of seconds, rounding out the goal scorers for us, Liberatore was excellent. I thought he was probably one of our best, one of the few can hold his head high. Thirty-three disposals, thirty-two to Dale, twenty-nine for Bailey Smith, Dunkley with twenty-eight, McCray twenty-six, Trelaw twenty-two, and Daniel twenty-one. But let's try and pretend that twenty-first uh, disposal didn't happen. And that's 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 the numbers there.
0: That's a bit annoying in that sense, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, nope. Let's see if I've got some other numbers though.
1: That's uh, is that uh, one point defeat coming to mind? Or may I may just have to
0: have to help you out. Oh, with I, one? I think you might have to help me out. My head's spinning on a whole bunch of other numbers.
1: I think here. Yeah. If I if um, I if I gave if I told you the year was two thousand and nine, does it immediately give you the answer like it did for me? I'm just going
0: through the losses. We had three losses in the first three rounds that year. It wasn't one of those. <laughs> we lost to the Cats by a couple of points. Um, who else did we lose to? Oh no! That, yes. oh, that game. <laughs> there it
1: is. There it is. It's it's clicked. So I had someone looking it up for me, and they said uh, today and, and Dale I said to Thomas. Them, yep,
0: that's the one.
1: Round oh, he fifteen,
0: it like, took, took like five minutes to tie his shoelace, and the clock kept going down. Yeah. I still remember. Oh, I do remember. Round, that I was watching at a, Yeah, round fifteen, 15
1: on a Friday in 2009. night. Two thousand and nine. We're down have by people about. With about I think this one attendance? would have been at least. Would have been close to fifty thousand, I think. I think. Imagine that back then we
0: were been able to pull regularly, About not whether us, we 000. were the home side yeah. or not. But yeah, we were able to pull at
1: least. We were the home 50, team that night. I think.
0: Uh-huh. Imagine that the two thousand and nine attendances side of things were incredible. I tell you. But that
1: that's it. So it's been a long time since we've lost by a point. Did you get to watch much of the game? Because I was um, I was forced to watch all of it. Oh, I say, well, that's forced to. Yeah, <laughs> I was forced yeah. to watch. I was forced to watch the end of it. I uh, didn't
0: enjoy that so much. people for that particular uh, Collingwood game, Friday the tenth of July two thousand nine. That's a uh, six days before my birthday, no and we beat the Bombers the following week on the seventeenth of July by thirty-three points and a very healthy crowd of forty-seven thousand one hundred and twenty. Uh, did I get to watch much of the game? Uh, no, no. What was I doing? What, the, what on earth was what I doing? What were you
1: doing? Come on, Nick. So it's uh, like a, this is like your night. Game. I know
0: Brad. I know Brad was at the <laughs> game. I was. I think I was kayaking. Kayaking. Bay. I think I was kayaking. Or no, no, no. I wasn't kayaking. I was. Uh, I was doing. I was at a driving range on the you know Mornington or such or whatever it was. Yes, I was uh, hitting the golf balls at this point in time and checking my phone frantically, letting it refresh and thinking to myself, "What on earth is going on?" Because you mentioned we had a goalless second term, didn't we? Yes, with the breeze. No, with the breeze and scores were uh, what were they tied or close enough to it at quarter time, and those are supposedly meant to be our uh, best quarters of the year, where we're going at about one hundred forty percent, maybe one hundred thirty percent, and the remaining quarters are all below um, ninety five. So, if we were to make an impact on the game, it had to it had to be quite early. And oh, geez, that was not the case, wasn't you,
1: it? You did send me that that. Uh... That particularly during the week of of our collective um, performances across first quarters through to fourth quarters through the year, and I think our first quarters, where across the whole the first five rounds of the season we were an eight goal better side, but bear in mind that a lot of that comes from the eight goal to one opening term we had against North Melbourne last week. So if you take that Indeed. away, it marries up pretty well with with all the other all the other quarters. Indeed, it's a does. Four. I thought Let's our first see if quarter get those numbers again. Actually, I thought our first quarter was was pretty reasonable. Uh, it wasn't groundbreaking stuff. It's um, mm. not not memorable or iconic, but it was. I think it was three goals to two, kicking into you're, the whip. You're gonna love this. I hate it when you say that. You're gonna love this. Is that we're because I, the- I I normally don't love
0: it when you say that? No, you don't. It's just a lovely statistical number here. We lost on the weekend by a point, and guess how much. Um, in terms of fourth quarters for our scores, uh, guess how much the difference is between our fourth quarter four and our fourth quarter against is? Is it a point? It is a point, but it's in our favor, actually. Oh. We're one point. So we need it to be two points better, not one. Oh, sorry. That's the difference, yeah. So, first terms, we are four and two with 22 goals, 21, uh, 153 uh, for 15, 16, 106, with a percentage of 144. So that's roughly. Almost nine points for every goal we concede. Flip it to the second and third terms. We're two and four and two and four. We're going for a flat 100, conceding 129 in the second. Percentage of 77 and a half. To the third, it's 108, 125. With the opposition kicking 1911. Percentage of 86.4. And even back in the second terms, the goal kicking the opposition have scored against us is 20 goals, nine. Okay and we, we go back to the fourth nine. terms yeah so in respect to the second and third terms it's 39 goals 20 that's roughly an accuracy percentage of about what 64 65% which is probably anywhere between 13 and 17% higher than the AFL average for the season
1: yeah
0: okay and we're shooting at 33 30, uh, no 29 34 so what's that I don't even know Forty six ish, so it's probably about minus five to, to minus eight, anywhere between there. Um, your your guess is back, as good
1: as mine. Yeah, these numbers, numbers on the fly.
0: these numbers, they're close enough. I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, and fourth terms uh, three three uh, for the win loss record in that sense nineteen nineteen to nineteen eighteen, so one thirty three to one thirty two percentage of a hundred point seven six, giving us an overall of hundred point four one on the percentage tally. So just a,
1: just in the black. Mm
0: with three goals short against opposition, but with 20 behinds ahead of them.
1: Well, that that's, so, I mean, every point counts, isn't that what they say? Every point counts. In, in this case, it genuinely does, doesn't it? Really disappointing. <laughs> it counts up and up and up. Yeah. Um, look, I'm not going to, I'm sure someone will Maybe someone will fact-check you on those numbers and percentages. We don't need to go into the expected
0: score. They're more more just off the top of my head. I think they're pretty close, to be
1: honest. We don't need to go into expected score um, because Adelaide were the better side. Adelaide were the better side. They deserve to win 23 scoring shots to 17. Uh, The game should have been over long before it eventually was. Mm. Plus 17 Um, in the inside
0: 50s category. Uh, Trelaw was given the highest player ratings points, followed by Josh Dunkley. That's very fitting. Uh, Bailey Dale, please sign him up. And Bontempelli was uh, next best, as was Tom Liber- uh,
1: Liberatore. That is well, that's that's interesting. So I thought Trelaw and Liberatore were excellent. I thought, in fact, I thought Trelaw, Liberatore, and Dunkley were our three best players. I didn't have Bontempelli anywhere near the best. And I have to issue you know, an apology. They Just have actually him, got
0: him having a huge final term. He's got about uh, looks like. Eight of his, I don't know, 17 player ratings, not 17,
1: eight of his 16 or so player ratings points came in that final term. Um, I have to, while I'm, while I'm talking about player performances, I have to issue an apology with the player ratings. Uh, they've not been uh, distributed the last couple of weeks. I've had a fair bit going on, uh, unfortunately, so it's been uh, very difficult to define the time. I, I promise. That the player eggs are not dead. I'm going to go back and and it's like it's, it's so it's three games now. It's from the Richmond match, the Richmond, North Melbourne, and and the Adelaide games. I'm going to go back and I'm going to issue retrospective scores. I promise I will do that. Whether I write articles or whether I just write down numbers and then announce them here, that that remains to be seen. But I've not. I've it's been it's been in the back of my head. I'm, I've known I've had to do it. It's just finding the the time to do it. It gets it gets pretty hectic sometimes. Uh, in in uh, oh, in the wonderful if, world if you're of apologizing Dahl- you're
0: apologizing for what you've been able to at least been able to do um i haven't even been able to achieve anything in that regard for the five things we learned ah. i'm hoping what i cover out on the podcast is more than enough because this year is exceptionally difficult working three jobs and other yeah. things i just <laughs> cannot do a thing man i'm sorry everyone I'm, i hope you all enjoyed it last year <laughs> Oh that
1: is officially dead I think for this season. <laughs> no that, that that's okay but the, the player ratings uh, not not an excuse I've uh, you you've come to me with that nick and that's fine but I've just it just looks like I've just decided not to do it and that's not the case so I apologize and I'll I'll have to keep on top of that and I, I and I assure you I, I want to I, I would love to you know try and give Jackson McCrae something else to win but uh, might not be him at the moment the way things are going I don't, I don't think anyone deserves to win it <laughs> at this point in the season I might just give it to myself.
0: I think what you can do, we can just change it to the most improved. Okay, well, that, in, in that case, uh, it'll be uh, by far. Uh, it'll be Ryan Gardner by far in that regard.
1: Yeah, he's been. I, I th- actually, that's a very good point. I th- thought he was excellent on Taylor Walker. I know yeah, everyone talked about. I know everyone talked about Taylor Walker kicking the two yeah. goals in the last quarter. But I thought, I, I don't, I don't. He wasn't at fault for Walker's goal in the second term because O'Brien was on him. He wasn't at fault for the walkers winner at the end i don't know about the the one in between but i thought gardner was excellent mm-hmm. i thought he was really really impressive on on walker and hasn't got the the plaudits that he deserves i think that's just the... so what
0: was he six player ratings points and not six player ratings points sorry uh geez where is he at looks like 13 or so which is effectively double what his two-year average has been or rolling to your average has been, for the last 40-odd games, I think that's how it's calculated off. Yeah, no. He, he's he was... reached 40 games, hasn't he? I'm not sure. How many games has he played?
1: That, that's not something I'd... Let's have a quick... I'm I'm gonna, know, I don't I'll think...
0: get that up to you very shortly. He's, uh, he's, he's a fair off he's on 26 at the moment. Okay. Bit of a way to go. Oh, 27, sorry. 27.
1: Hasn't so the, updated
0: for the game on the on AFL tables, so that's a
1: good thing, because I don't want to look at that. The... Uh... The AFL uh, play ratings actually had him ranked 15th on the ground. So that that's Bulldogs and Crows combined. Um, and if it wasn't for... How did he feature for the Dogs exactly? What was he? Fifth, sixth, seventh-ish?
0: Ninth. That's all right. We'll I mean, take that. Oh, God. And again, here's another stat. You're going to love this one too. Most intercept marks conceded by the Western Bulldogs, 99 onwards from when the stats were
1: recorded. Which oh, is around 1999, I think.
0: Uh, no, 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 yeah. So we were, these stats were recorded and they've all come under the beverage error. Uh, 24 in round 17, 2018. Um, you were doing a bit of commentary, I think for the, the Northern Football League or some sorts with, at Heidelberg and you missed Dale Morris uh, kicking a point at the start of the third quarter. Oh. So we conceded 24 that day. Uh, round know. 21, 2018 against North Melbourne. We're also 24 again. We were at this particular game though. I was at that one too, that where we... Uh, We came back from like six goals down. But um, uh, 24, once again, round 16, 2019 against Geelong. That was a Friday night. Uh, That was a really enjoyable night. We won by about 16. Norton kicked four. The prelim final in 2016. We gave away 25 intercept marks to the Giants, and we still won. And, of course, we topped that on the weekend with 26 uh, against the Crows. So, new record, everyone.
1: Hey! (laughs)
0: <laughs> Hallelujah. Excellent tea. stuff.
1: I'll tell you All what we're breaking granny. You. All right. That is a good segue because I've got something that I want that to talk about. And this is this is serious and um possibly a bit out of the blue. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it to you here, Nick. You don't think I'm a I mean, I don't know, you 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 tell me otherwise, but I don't think that I'm a major overreactor. Like when it when it comes to football. I think we I think we to be honest,
0: how are we going here?
1: I mean, we get a, we get we get frustrated when, when things don't work out. Oh, but, you bet. Um, I'm you not bet. someone Especially who after the game. I'm not. I, I'd like to think I'm not someone who makes big, drastic, grandiose headline statements all the time.
0: You're not look. You're not looking for a headline, mate. You're not looking for a headline.
1: No. So I just want to preface that before people start to accuse me of. of of completely losing it. I mean, I've already lost most of it, but I still, there's still a tinge of sanity. And trust him on that,
0: please everyone. There's not much left, I'll tell you. It's all, <laughs> it's all gone. The hairs are going gray as far as I'm concerned.
1: Now, it was a rough old week for the Western Bulldogs on and off the field. Let's let's not make any mistake about that. Started way back at the start of the week, Lockie Hunter taking um, personal leave and um, obviously he's got a, got a few things going on in, in his life and he's made the decision that he wants to step away from his uh, responsibilities to the club while he works through that. So good on him for, for being able to stand up and make that call. Um, we wish him all the best. We love, we, we, we love Lockie. We love him. You know, he's a, he's a father, son, a premiership player. He's, he's given such great service to the club. Um, always gives us always gives the the team his all and we can we can only respect him for that and um, we were
0: ecstatic remember a couple of years ago when there was discussions about his position not in the team but um who was running with those stories was it Wilson they were saying that you know could be looking elsewhere or other clubs are after him and then he, um, yeah. he signed the five-year deal anyhow with yeah. us and but jump you know, jumper t- that up that, against adelaide yep. coincidentally yeah wasn't it
1: it there was it's yep.
0: amazing how it works doesn't it
1: so he's he's he obviously had his troubles in the in the past lucky but uh he's made a he's made a, a big decision here uh, and we you know we can only sort of applaud him for being able to stand up and recognize that he's got things in his life that he's got to work through uh, and that's and i imagine he's a very popular teammate so that's had an effect on the teammates then we noticed on thursday when the teams came out that mitch wallace was absent from the side for personal reasons was the was the the reasoning next to his next to his name in the omissions list and what we learn, and this is this is frankly this is horrible, uh, that his mother-in-law um, was involved in a, in a car accident. And unfortunately, passed away um, earlier in the earlier in uh, the previous week, just days before, uh, which his partner e- Emily gave birth to to their second child. So, in every sense of the word, it's been a bittersweet week for the Bulldogs um, in respect to Lockie, and in respect to Mitch and M and and their family. And you know, we only we can only send our um, and we're a
0: very, we're a very emotional club, aren't we? You can we say, especially are. with you know, the particular coach that we've got too, who's himself an emotional man. It seems like it just flows right through, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. And there's no doubt that there's a, there's a real strong bond between everyone at the club, and and Mitch and Lockie are two very popular players, both within the the club and with among the fan base as well. And they've got such strong ties to the Bulldogs the through, through their own family history. So I'm not going to sit here and say that the events of the past week off-field didn't have an impact on-field. Clearly they did. So let's not, let's not ignore that. Let's not pretend that that didn't happen. Let's acknowledge that. We send our, our condolences to, to Lockie, to Mitch, to M, and to, to those closely associated with them. Um, I can only imagine how how horrible um, how I can't, I, well, I mean, frankly, I, I don't really want to because I can, I can't begin to think of how terrible a situation that it is for, for all involved. So I just want to just want to acknowledge that firstly. Um, it's a sensitive topic, but I just want to acknowledge that and, and not pretend that there are not circumstances that are taking place off field that are affecting the club on field. However, However, what I saw on the weekend on field in an on field sense, and what I saw leading into the match in terms of selection and tactics and game plan were not a one-off. I think that's, that's where this, this comes into it. And um, this is a, this is a theme that we've been seeing for a number of years now. And when I hear people ask the question, what's going wrong with the Bulldogs at the moment? I don't think you can answer that with just one facet. I think there's multiple elements that have combined to create the sort of issue that leaves us two and four. If I were to ask you, Nick, what you think the one big on-field issue is at the moment, what do you reckon it is?
0: On-field issue? Yeah. (sighs) Jesus. Now, this is. I just this... can't believe that Out particular. Uh, there's many particular issues in that. And sense, that's. And, and that's. And that's. And that's the, and that's think, the yeah, point. But I'm going that's... to pinpoint it down to, I'll pinpoint it down to, though, what was supposedly a major strength of ours doesn't seem to be getting the job done anymore. So that, what... to me, is a big issue. Because being that, of course, that's a certain midfield dominance, which okay. we w- have been generally accustomed to. Where we could actually each week, even though we knew we were going to. Look, that midfield dominance was almost as reliable as our goal kicking. You know,
1: that's how it was yeah.
0: in the sense of you knew we were going to miss the shots, but we could actually say we know we can trust these. We can guys
1: overwhelm in, the opposition with just chances.
0: Yeah, in that sense. Now, yeah. generally, you know, in terms of being able to create those chances or generate enough entries that would provide those opportunities, but that's tapered off, and that's my concern there because that's our actual strength.
1: But that's, and that's not just we-
0: gone missing in action. That's but not that's, the biggest thing, but that's, that's a big concern. That's,
1: that's not the only concern. And that's my point. Now, if you're looking at a problem and it's a consistent problem over a number of years, this is not just something that, that has just been caused by, by the events that have happened in the past week. This has been happening for weeks, for months, for years beforehand. And there's only two possible ways that I can think of. And you might be able to give me another idea, Nick. There's only two ways that I can think of resolving this problem, or, or helping to fix the, the numerous problems that we've had. The coach has to change his ways, or the club has to change the coach. Mm. And that's a that's a fair point. Actually, a very interesting question right there. And the, the, oh no. I want to give the and, – and obviously, when I talk about the coach has to change or the club changes the coach, this is directed at, at Beveridge now. I got to, I gave Beveridge his due credit last year, and you mentioned it as well, at the first six rounds of the season. I sung his praises, and I gave him his due credit. And, and you'll be able to back me up on this, Nick, and anyone who wants to listen to the episodes will, will be able to hear I acknowledge the fact that it had felt like that the club were no longer interested in playing games. Like they were gonna, they were gonna be fair income about taking things quite seriously. And we saw that in the way that he picked teams, in the way that those players were used, and in the way that they were set up and structured. It was it looked like for the first time under Beverage that we'd gone in with a real plan. You've got two Ruckman, and then one of those Ruckman can be used as a third key forward. You've got two key defenders um, and sort of a third tall, I suppose, with with Bailey Williams. So that was that was the spine of the side was well structured, and it was it was it was very accurate. And it was very direct, and there was a real system to it. You could see what they were trying to do. Then they went away from that. that can they went be away fr-
0: up too by. Former pop, uh, former player uh, Jackson Trengove as well. He also mentioned those things too. Yep. that they'd sort of been a little bit less smart about what they meant to do. Yep. and far more systematical. And as you said, the word there too, structured. You know, they made it less complicated, and it was paying dividends, wasn't it? It
1: was. We were six and zero, and we and that, that's and I'll and tell if, you if now. It was Nick- a share. You'd invest a lot into it, yeah. but now that's all. I know you love the late 2015 era that we had, but I'll tell you those first six rounds of 2021 were the best football we've ever played under Beveridge. Comfortably. We were just dismissive of sides. Absolutely dismissive. And we were able to win in so many different ways too. And then he went away from that, Beveridge. He went away from that. And the first week he went away from that, we lost to Richmond. And then and then this is this is where the other problem, this is where... We really went away from it. When Josh Bruce went down, they went away. Their structure fell apart completely. They had English forward. They had Lewis Young in the ruck. They had pretty much nobody down back because Alex Keith was, was injured as well. So they'd lost a couple of players. They'd lost their full forward and they'd lost their full back. And the, the whole system just flew out the window. Now, they were lucky in that they managed to get Keith back for the finals. And they had some players who stood up in the finals. Uh, Bailey Smith kicked eight goals in the in the first three finals. Josh Shackey was excellent in the in the three finals. They had some players, some unlikely lights, stand up, and it made a huge difference. And I think Essendon had overachieved. I think we, we I think the conditions helped as well against Essendon. The Brisbane one was just a terrific game. I mean, it was it was probably one of the best games we played all season, and very undermanned as well. And I have no idea what was going on in the preliminary final. And obviously things worked into the grand final as well. And I spoke about our our home and away um, season form and how how it ended with three losses in a row and how that's carried over into this season, how we've struggled to score, how we've struggled to defend. And, you know, I I think the final series has masked that uh, a bit as well. We lose Bruce. We know we're going into the off season without Bruce. But we didn't do anything to, to cover for that.
0: Exactly. That's 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 now, a big point there because people would mention saying available. Yeah, that's fair enough. But as you're saying there too, and I heavily back this up. Why wasn't anything exactly done
1: about it? Yeah, I'll, you know? I, I'm, I'm will, and again, I'll, I'll always sort of try to play devil's advocate with myself, especially when I want to make big statements like maybe it's time the coach moves on. The dogs have had their hands tied in terms of securing draft points for Jamari Uglehagen and, and Sam Darcy, so that 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 does hinder you in terms of being able to use assets to trade for AFL quality established players. But I
0: went and that through... would have affected us for this team too. Yeah, for Tim O'Brien as a free agent, of course. So that's probably where we might have been able to say yes or no to certain players.
1: But, but I have went... got
0: a whole bumper contract status for this year too.
1: Yeah. Now, I went through, I've gone back and I've gone and had a look at, at, at history and, and the numbers and the facts. And after the 2019 trade period where we filled needs, we actually looked to improve the side not, not and, and improve the first team, the best 22. We went and got a full forward in Bruce. We got a full back in Keith. Since then... Heading into that draft, that trade period, so there's been three national drafts, three rookie drafts, and two trade periods. We haven't partaken in any of the um, mid-season drafts from that point. We brought in 17 players. How many key defenders, Nick, among those 17 do you reckon we brought in? If you were just a guess... Mm. At a best case, you'd be hoping at least one, but that is clearly not the case. I don't think zero, not one key defender. If you want to be really technical, Tim O'Brien is there for you, but I'm not classing Tim O'Brien as a key defender. He is is, is a quintessential beverage uh, forward-turn defender type player. And he's not a key defender. He's a third tall. How many ruckmen do you reckon we've brought in since the end of 2019 or since the end of the 2019 trade period?
0: Again, you would only have to... We're talking... Oh, sorry, trade period, yes. Yep, yep. Uh, again, best case scenario, one. You'd hope it's at least one. And, uh, well, it
1: is one in this case. A 34-year-old Stefan Martin. That's it. Hmm. So I've got it... So I've, I've written it down here because I, I because I wanted to sort of make a, make a bit of a point here because I don't think you can blame Beveridge entirely for all of this. But if there's 17 players, two key forwards... Eagle Hagen and Darcy, a class Darcy's a key forward. One ruck, Martin. No key defenders. Not a single key defender. Seven midfielders. Which is not exactly a need.
0: No. Not entirely. It's, it's an interesting thing too, because it's an interesting thing too, because, and this is nowhere near saying we're reneging on this trade because I definitely ain't doing that. It's interesting that the Trelaw trade wasn't a requirement; it was surplus to the needs. But again, it boosted the strength of ours, and that yeah. strength was enhanced. So, and you're going to get a bargain deal for those things, and you're not going to turn those types of deals down. It's just interesting that I wonder what could have been done, perhaps instead. Let's say, had his original destination that he intended on you know, arriving to, a you know, as known as St Kilda Football Club. Uh, chosen him over Brad, Cr- uh, Brad Crouch as their you know number one. target. I wonder what might have happened there. What would have been used for those assets? That's not to say don't get Truall because you're not.
1: Yeah, because that, that was know, one of those. Graft- opportun- that. Yeah, that was one yeah. of those opportunities you you that come around all the time. Let me just let me just finish this. I one just here. wonder two, though in terms two, of the salary cap that we've got, two general defenders who. And this is where it gets a bit, yeah, so sort of decide what you want on this. So I've said two general defenders, Butler and Cleary. And then four general forwards. So just see with me here if you agree with me on this one. Waitman, Hannon, Bedendo, and Jones, Arthur Jones. That's what I've gone with for the four general forwards. But I don't know about some of them. I reckon you could argue some are like forward mids. But I didn't want to get really specific. I just sort of wanted to, you know, I wanted sort of only like sort of key backs, key forwards, general defenders, you know, you know, try and make it fairly basic without getting too technical. But when you hear about the criticisms of the Bulldogs list, and yet the, the two, I think, are key backs and rucks, and they've, it's since the last three years, they've only picked up one Ruckman, who was 34 years of age, zero key defenders. I mean, you can argue all you want about, uh, you know, um, you know we, we had to give up a lot for, uh, you know, for Eugle Hagen and, and Darcy. But the fact is, we still had picks in the draft to try and address these needs. I mean, you look at the draft, look at the draft last year, for instance, we got Darcy. And then we got Arthur Jones, who, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Arthur Jones. In fact, I'm a big fan of a couple of players we picked in the draft last year. Arthur Jones adds a, a bit of X factor across half forward. I think, you know, that's, that's something we don't really have a lot of. So I'm okay with that. And then they get Cleary, who's a halfback flanker. We've already got plenty of those. They've got uh, Charlie Parker, who I love Charlie Parker, um, but he's a midfielder. I say he's more of a winger than a midfielder, but midfielder. And then Robbie who's another midfielder. Now, you can argue that, you know, we didn't have many draft assets, but there's a back flanker and two midfielders that we picked up. Why couldn't we pick up a key defender? Or, or a Ruckman? I don't I don't
0: think it's I don't think it's the idea perhaps of key defenders, we've got well we've got some confidence, because we didn't lose, and I'll say this from what I've only read and seen highlight. Uh, it wasn't probably the Crows victory wasn't attributed to the Inexperience or you know, inability of our key defenders or the current key defenders to contain opposition no, or their as, opposition
1: power. No, but as you as but, you said,
0: but I I agree I agree in a, in a structural sense. I've mentioned to you like allocation of list spots, haven't I? Yes, a you number have. of times at least, definitely a couple of weeks ago. You did, and, and that's a waste of resources in that sense. And it's it's not in, it's not finite. You know, you have got forty four positions on a list.
1: Use them wisely. And on you, what you said on Trelaw was about strengthening a strength. Which is fine, but when Keith goes that's down, fine. That is a ge- and when that's Bruce a goes down, strength is
0: a strength yeah. that it was.
1: But when Keith goes down and then Bruce goes down, you expose suddenly a really soft underbelly.
0: I mean, which if, wasn't ironically being covered by or protected by its midfield as much as it has been in the past.
1: Because what so happens
0: if personnel was? It does show a lot of issues, but we've been able to generate entries. And that's what hasn't been the case as frequently. Or maybe that that cohesiveness between the mids and the forwards has, has disappeared. Whether that's attributed to to the leadership that say Bruce is able to provide up forward, he's a lot more than just a key forward now for us. He seems like he's the actual spokesperson, the marquee in yeah, general missing. in that sense. He's,
1: he's the centre. That's piece gone missing. But
0: I don't know yeah. what in crying out. Yeah, well, the looks of it, he seems like he's so he's Bruce. Kind of- I don't know how that you can see one player becomes that quintessential though and seeing a forward line disintegrate
1: with his absence. But that's part of the problem. How? I mean, Luke Beveridge was sort of saying last week that, you know, we we've got a lot of injuries, which is is fair enough. You can't really do much about that, but that we don't have um, players in the VFL who we can really bring, bring in, but ultimately he's got to take responsibility for that because he's not the one who's going in on draft night and, And telling Sam Power get this player, get that player, but Beveridge will have an idea on the type of player that he wants. That's not his job to do. that. No, but but Sam Power will be consulting with Luke Beveridge because ultimately it's Luke Beveridge who has to, well, not pick the players, but it's Beveridge's side. If there's a certain player he wants, he'll he'll surely have to consult with Sam Power and say, "Look, this is what I want. I want these sort of players." And you build a. Or supposedly I mean, build a game plan that complements those yeah, players. Pa- Power will do a lot of the research into looking into players, but ultimately if there's a type of player that Beveridge and Don, feels Don like, too. And Don Llessy, but if there's a type of player that Beveridge feels they need or want, he will have he will have to tell Power and Melesi about that. He'll have to let them know. Because if there's no communication there, what, what's Sam Power recruiting for? Who's he recruiting for? It's not Power's team. I, I oh, just, dude. I just think, so, I, I, and the, and it's been, a, it's been a problem. I would say in terms of draft, I wouldn't, I would say, across the whole, since the Premiership, every draft, has been a bust. Not every pick, but every draft. So the 2017 draft, for instance, English is a success. Lipinski has gone, Young has gone, Bollinger McHugh has gone, Green has gone. 2018, we've got. Uh, I was, hang on. No, sorry, that was 2016. Sorry, that English draft. 2017 was Norton success so far. Richards jury's out. Richards Porter gone. Uh, Gowers gone. Uh, and I, I don't have this whole draft. I'm just going off the top of my head who I can remember. 2019. Do we redraft Rock. I'm guessing perhaps. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. So, um, possibly. So Waitman, I give him a tick for now. Um, sort of like a Norton success so far. Uh, who else did we take in 20? Uh, sorry, 2018. I've skipped one. Bailey Smith, tick so far. Vandermeer, look, it's, but the, pen, the potential's there, uh, but I'd say in terms of productivity, the jury is out. Guevara is gone. Will Hayes is gone. Uh, Buka Kamas has played one game. Jury still very much out. And he's, you know, that's, that's that's another problem as well. Anyway, that's that's another thing I want to get to. Uh 2018 or 2019 draft was Waitman. And I can't remember who else. Garcia, um, actually, Jury drew, drew out and Butler, drew very much out. And uh, 2020, Yugal Hagen and then Badendo. And then 2021, last year with Darcy, uh, Cleary, and Jones, all of who are to play games. So you see the first round draft picks. Generally, there's a lot of, there's a, We've been pretty good with the first round draft picks, but scouting and recruiting is at a stage now where that shouldn't be, it should just be expected that a first round draft pick is going to be successful, uh, barring, you know, something that's outside of a club's control. Uh, It's the later picks that seem to be a real problem and are holding the Bulldogs back. And none of them, none of those were key position players. None of them were Ruckman. None of them were key backs. They were all back flankers or midfielders or or half forward slash midfielders. My, but I was talking to my dad um, the, the other night about this. Uh, and he said something that I thought was quite interesting. He put it in a way that um, I hadn't um, thought of before. He sort of said to me, it feels like Beveridge is trying to make miracles where he doesn't need to.
0: Yes. This is where we started discussing a few years ago and for a number of discussions, Um the ability to invent versatility when it wasn't necessary It's a different topic yeah. point, but the same thing too, you know, too many chefs in the kitchen where they're getting involved
1: where they need not. I think it's, I think it's too many cooks spoiling the broth. Oh, too many cooks. Oh, you know what I'm about. But yeah, oh, I know what like you're that. saying. It's, it's the, the same,
0: bit, same. It's the oh, same oh, sort oh, of I'm thing. I'm
1: horrible. I'm horrible with these
0: sayings. Okay. But I'll a, bring back
1: the two way horse. But a great, a great example of this is you've got Aaron Norton. Now Aaron Norton is Well, Aaron Norton is a defender turned forward. Let's be honest. When I talk about natural forwards at the club, the Dogs have four of them. Only four. Waitman, Eugle Hagen, Shaqie, who they want to play at St. Halfback, and Bruce is injured. Norton is not a natural forward. Let's be very clear about that. He is a defender turned forward. So they've made that call and they persisted with Norton in the forward line pretty much ever since the start of the 2019 season. But the only reason that they had to do that was because they didn't want to trial the actual key forwards they had there so during 2018 they had tom boyd i can't believe i'm mentioning tom boyd in 2022 but here we are they have tom boyd and josh shackey on the books in their forward yep. line and number than... one
0: and a number two draft pick in and their respective draft years as key
1: forwards both straight kicking forwards and rather and than forward and a full forward. And rather than put them together and say, all right, you two sort it out. Like this is a decade-long partnership. You you just get it to work. They put Boyd in the ruck, they play Jack in the VFL, and they put Norton in the forward line. And that that and when I when I think about that, and, and dad says to me tries to make miracles where he doesn't need to, it just it, it's a perfect fit. Like it's exactly what he, it's exactly what dad was talking about, like to a T. And you'll be able, to, and if you look hard enough, you'll be able to find countless case studies where that's the case. Vandre is a halfback; they now got him playing in the forward pocket. I still remember Gowers was featuring in the midfield. Yeah, Gow was in the midfield. You now Josh shacky's a forward; they now got him in the in in the in the back line. Caleb Daniel was sort Which of like now a half... played by Tim O'Brien, isn't it? Now that particular role. Caleb Daniel was a half forward um, sort of midfielder. Now he's in, in the back pocket. Bailey Dale was one of our stress kicks for goals. He's now on the back flank. Now it's not to say that all of these are, you know, there's going to be some success in some of these changes. Like there will be times when they make these changes and they work, but I can tell you now it's going to, it's going to fail far more often than it's going to succeed. And when I say that's going to change, well, the coach has to change. You've got to go, got to go back to, to what was working. You've got to go back to structure, system, and logic. Because these things that are the fundamentals of yeah. the
0: game that have worked for, well, not millennia, but they've worked for, for a century. Uh, and it's, it's tried, you know, it's proven and it's tested. And you see other coaches when they are in doubt too, Matt, not in terms of where they're trying to get, but when they're trying to get a bit of touch back into their side, um, get a bit of confidence going with them, they keep it simple. Yep. Keep it basic. This is what we need to do. We will build off it. You know, it's like we're trying to add all the recipes off of a cake. You know, putting the sprinkles yeah. and stuff, and forgetting all the freaking cake mixture that's meant to go along with it. We're putting all the accessories in that sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. You've got the decorations before you've got the cake. Yes, there you go. Yes, yeah. Yes. So and we had a pretty good cake, but then we just started stuffing it with too much things. And you know, and you know what they did. Uh, in terms of when I told you about bringing in Keith and Bruce, they actually improved on the first team. What they've gone and done since is they've tried to improve the VFL side. So, look, congratulations to, to Robbie McComb on, he, on his debut. We haven't even got to that yet. But he's basically replaced Will Hayes in, on the list, who didn't play a game last year. Um, and Hayes was a very, very good. He, he was. And he's doing fine still- things at Carlson now in their VFL side. Good on him. I've always loved Will Hayes. Uh, they got rid of Kavara, who's kicking goals for, for Bob's Hill. A,
0: proven, a yep. proven VFL small forward over a number of years.
1: Who they didn't really want to give it a chance to. I mean, they needed a small forward and never gave him an opportunity. Uh, they replaced him with Arthur Jones. Uh, Lin Jong played only the like about 15 minutes last year. Uh, they replaced him with Charlie Parker. The only player I can think they've replaced was, was Eason Wood. And I'm not sure if they've replaced Easton Wood with Tim O'Brien or whether they've replaced Lewis Young with Tim O'Brien. And if they've replaced Lewis Young with Tim O'Brien, that means they've made no upgrades to the first team from last year, which is unbelievable that you've, you've decided that a side that needs to get better to win a premiership, you've, you've just decided that we don't need to upgrade. They signed no, Martin or, or and Sweet. More aggressive too. Yeah, they a signed Martin the and tri-pid. Martin and Sweet to Deals, and they've not played them unless English can't play. They've, and I could tell you, I could say they could play Aaron Norton down back. And you know what? I wouldn't mind that now. I would be okay with that. But the problem is that there's no one in the forward line because they knew they weren't going to have Bruce for a while and they decided not to cover for him. They decided not to bring in anyone. And to do so, you
0: could have done that with English playing a forward. But the problem is English wants to be a Ruckman, or at least in that sense. To, to maximize his potential revenue and in this way he's got us in a vice. you know yeah he can play absolutely funny buggers and hold us to ransom at this point which is probably the right thing in all seriousness of his career um because we're, we're and i mean
1: this we're, we're effectively screwed if he leaves but he's he, well we are but he's he's playing well as a ruckman i've i've noted that he's he has improved he is. a whole heap as a as a ruckman both in terms of Getting around the ground and winning the ball. And also in the hit-outs department as well. We've, we've acknowledged that. I know we talk a it's lot about hit the hitouts to
0: advantage. We like talking about yep. the stat But me? he's,
1: no, I, I, give, I give English his, his credit. He has, has improved a lot this year. No fullback, no full forward, no ruck, but frankly, no excuses, is, is what I, I said after the now, game. If because you, if because these are
0: the cards you were dealt the, with and you pick them,
1: Yeah, then you just got to cop it. You know, that's what yep. we've chosen
0: off the back of last year's trade period with one, not major, but one. Solid acquisition and very little, you know, in between.
1: Who I'm not even and sure is an improvement to the senior side or whether he's just an improvement to the to the reserve side. Like if Keith, comes he's, back he's in. competent. If if Keith, I think he's still there for sure. It's just an interesting way to make him make him work. So here's one if Keith comes, let's say Keith is fit this week between Gardner, O'Brien, and Cordy, well, who does Keith come in for? See, I well, reckon's a ruckman now, supposedly. I reckon, so I, re- I reckon it's O'Brien. And O'Brien was excellent on the weekend. Like, I thought he was pretty good, particularly early. I thought O'Brien was really good early. He, just, just, he don't looked get like, him, just tell him to not kick the ball. He That's looked like he looked like he was starting to sort of play that role that they brought him in for as an interceptor. But, I mean, and, you know, and I've often talked about Beveridge with his selection. He's persisted with the sort of the, I wouldn't even say tried and true, but with the, with the old firm of those, you know, those sort of players that always seem to to get a game. I'm, I'm sorry, but he wasn't doing that in the first six rounds of last year. I don't want to name names. I think you know who I'm referring to, which individuals I'm Indeed. referring to. But he, 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 didn't, he didn't do that in the first six rounds last year. He said, no, we're going to pick the 22 that's going to give us a chance, the best chance of winning this game. Not necessarily the best 22 players, but the 22 that's going to give us the best chance of winning this game. So there was, And he, he dropped Johannesson. He dropped Wallace. He wasn't afraid to drop players. But then he went away from that and started bringing back players that that you know he's stuck with for a while, and then they lost, and then things just and I, I know he still won a lot of games, but it was nothing like the first six rounds of the season, not even close. I still I still can't believe what are we now from round sixteen
0: onwards? We're uh, nine and nine, I think yeah. the numbers are. So we're a better. I can't believe it's actually looking that good considering how the heck yeah. the last uh, six weeks have gone. And how majority of the last, uh, you know, 12 matches have actually
1: gone by a couple. I, so I, I just, yeah. So I know that was a long sort of rant. I did want to explore that though, because it's really easy to say sack the coach. And, and I do want to put it out there that I think that's something that you've got to consider at this stage. Not just because we lost at the weekend, but I think he's carrying still a lot of baggage from that grand final. I, I do believe that, um, and I think he's going away from the things that he that he did at the start of last year, and you know there's there's years of I would say neglectful recruiting
0: as well. Yes, that is the important thing, which is exactly right. I mean, right.
1: and we don't really see the result of that at the time. That's something that that we only tend to see years down the track. No, and none of us are going to be able to predict what happens, of course,
0: but that's why you have contingency plans in that sense. You use your limited resources, as in list spots, and try to plan for the worst whilst you know hoping that they, of course, achieve the success. That doesn't mean you burn salary cap space on, like, for instance, I don't know how much it is in this sense, but you'd be willing to bet our top six players or, or seven or eight players um, who happen to be, you know, seven of them of those eight happen to be midfielders, they'd be chewing up at least half of our cap yeah. right there. Yeah. Probably less. So it's a huge investment, especially right now, into a position of the ground that is just not working. Yeah. I don't know how it is. That's Statistically, that's, that's what's very strange, also. So and I don't know how what, they can allocate those resources elsewhere when they just one, have hamstrung themselves,
1: too. One other thing I do want to say, though, because it's because the easy question to ask, should we sack the coach? I don't like asking that question for a couple of reasons firstly because I don't you know I don't like I, I never like to sack a, or, or call for the sacking of a Bulldogs coach I yeah. always love to it's... to stay to stay true to them mm. but mm. I think a more constructive question to ask what can be done to help him is, what can be done to assist will him in that sense will sacking for me anyways well the question I would ask which I think is far more constructive will sacking the coach actually solve the problem so no. if it's a case of we just got so many injuries, nice. so many injuries, If you, let's say we sack Beverage because we've got a lot of injuries and we're not winning, and we bring in Alistair Clarkson. As an example, Bulldogs fans, calm down. I've not heard anything. As an example, just because he was the first coach on the free market that, that came to mind. Now, is Alistair Clarkson going to solve injury problems at the Bulldogs? No. I would think that any change to the um, uh, to the – so the frequency or severity of injuries would be purely a coincidence. Um, so I think that that's another question that you've got to ask. If you can identify what the problems are, would sacking the coach or replacing them with someone else actually help to solve the problem? Also, would sacking, uh, I suppose it's another one. I've not really thought about this one. Would a new coach actually, or would would this new coach that you bring in as opposed to, you can look it on the other side with this new coach we want to bring in actually improve things, which is another yeah, it depends way. on the particular coach that
0: you're hiring in. Whether yeah. you get one in the mode of a premiership mindset, one that's there to just settle
1: the storm. Because we, you've only got a
0: bit of both, actually. You've only got, got one that can
1: do that. You've only got one chance at this. When, when, when Amit Baines and Kylie um, Watson-Wheeler, I think that's, is it Watson-Wheeler or Wheeler, Wheeler Watson, Watson? Wheeler, Wheeler Watson. Wheeler Watson. I always get that wrong way around. When Amit Baines and and Kylie Wheeler-Watson make that call, that's it. There's no going back. So they want to be very sure that they get this one right. I think Beveridge does a lot of things right. He's obviously coached. He's coached to a premiership with a list that wasn't his. He's coached to a grand final with a list that was his. And in between then, he's been able to orchestrate a rebuild within 18 months. He does so much. He's done so much right. We've had six final series
0: what is it, 2015, yep. 16, 19, 20, five. 21, or five of seven, okay? Yep. Five in seven years, you know? This is the most, arguably, this is the best sustained period the club has ever had. Yeah, but there are things that are holding we are you well back. Our, no, we are well within our rights to be thinking, why are we falling short in yeah. that sense? Because this is a team that, despite playing finals in five of those seven years, they've been bundled out in the first round three times. Yeah,
1: and I, I don't want to sound... I, I, I'm conscious of sounding ungrateful for, for everything that he has done and, and sort of demanding more, when I th- especially when, it, when you consider where we have been in the past. The thing is, he's got But
0: we're, a- we're, we're not worrying about the past. As they say, there, we're looking to the future. Yeah. We're looking to what has to be done now to keep this team on track. You fancy yeah. thinking that at the end of their careers, Bond and Pally and Jackson McRae and all these other high-caliber players, not only within our club, but within the actual competition itself, Finish up with only one premiership next to the name. Yeah. It'll be, it'll go down as the biggest
1: waste. Yeah. In our club's history. No doubt. And that's another one. Bontempelli forward. I mean, I hate to go back to this of recent years, but why would you, he's our best midfielder and you've got him playing forward. Wouldn't it have just been a better idea to go and get a forward in the draft or the offseason?
0: And then it comes again down to draft assets, salary cap. The allocation of resources, so we've, we've effectively hamstrung ourselves whilst trying to progress forward, but doing so with both hands tied behind the back. It's yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah, and you've got and this, Ma, is not, Ma, this is not
0: factoring in the uh what is it, the NGAs and father sons and all yeah. these other things that are coming through. So there's there's a I know, I, there's a particular word used to describe these situations, and I won't say it. Yeah, but no, I'll have to.
1: Uh, oh I think,
0: uh, yeah, God, it's interesting, isn't
1: it? Yeah, no, yeah it um, begins with S. Yeah. At this point, and. <laughs> um, and you know Martin and Sweet tying them down to I don't think that's the S word you yeah. were thinking of, but yeah. Martin and Sweet tying them down. New Zealand's not playing them when there's other ruckmen that you no, can go But Sweet anyway.
0: Sweet does not cut it if Sweet can't get a game ahead of a, a broken down thirty-five-year-old Martin who's only played sixty-seven percent game time on the weekend. Cordy played more percent than him seventy, and he's you know, he should be doing that much time so, as well. So, so why so, did you give Sway to need to you? No, because you, because we couldn't get no no. But Because we couldn't get anyone else, and that's what's so concerning. That's we what we put a lot of our chips in the basket of Ivan Soldo, who's not exactly a game breaker, and he, uh, well, Richmond effectively held him because Callum Coleman Jones and Mabio Chol departed. Had those two, one of those two stayed, probably Soldo might have actually come. But Nick, the game we didn't, you but don't have game, to you don't have
1: to you don't have to get an established AFL no. player. There's the draft. No, you don't. Instead exactly. of getting a no, I, agree. Of, I agree. Anyway, let's look, let, yeah. we could we could talk about this all day. Let's let's move on because oh, we're dude. all going over time anyway. Uh just a couple of a couple of questions this this week. Um, one from uh, Denzel here. Is the current style of play a result of the players available or planned strategy? I mean, we've sort of already answered that over the last half an hour. I would say that it's... Uh, that it, it's. I think it's as a result of players available, but the players available is a result of the planned strategy. So I think one has led to the other in in that regard. I don't know if you think differently on that one, Nick, but that's how well, I we see we I mean, used to be able, it. We
0: used to be able to formulate a game based upon the players available, but it still had a mixture of this was the best side that we could produce. Yeah. So even though that, yeah, it was the best 22, but coincidentally it was also the best available players that you want to see there. And as well, at the same time too, it's not just they're the best 22 players on the list. They were the best, here we go, you know, the best applicants for the role or for those certain positions. And it just happened to be all
1: cohesive. Now it's an, everything's all over the place. It's like a mess. Another one from Abdullah. Uh, Do we need to draft or pick up a key defender at season's end or wait and see how Sam Darcy pans out down back in the second half of the season? Now that's assuming that Sam Darcy will play down back. I'm not so convinced that he will. In terms of targeting a key defender, I've got a I've got a name in my head that that I've not got any sort of mail on, but I'm just having a look at key defenders who are nearing the end of their contract, who are in Victoria, who I think are reasonable defenders, who, you know, we're not, we're not talking. I mean, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they're money ball players, but well, we're not talking about high-price players, but players that can play a role that we might need down back. And the one that comes to mind is Ben Mackay from North Melbourne. Now he's out we of contract. We've previously chased him. We've before, previously we? chased. He's a first-round draft pick. He's uh got a, he's got a lot of practice at being a key defender because he's had a lot of goals kicked on in the last couple of years. He is as well little- as plenty of entries down back, too, a lot of inside 50s. At
0: that Rest- side of the ground for him.
1: Restricted. He get plenty free, of practice on. Restricted free agent at the end of next season, 2023. Uh, he is rated elite in the league for intercept marks this year. And I think he was above average for spoils and one on one victories or, or contests last season. And Nick, I think you and I know you said that we've, we've been interested in him in the past. Uh, is there any besides sort of, his draft year? Is there is it is there any sort of is there any potential hurdle that that we because I think I'm onto something with this one, uh, but a is there potential any potential hurdle? Is there a potential hurdle? A potential hurdle unfortunately, what's the
0: hurdle? A a massively front loaded contract. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Not just for next year, but for the years to come I'm too, the... because that's the thing too. Because I don't North Melbourne know they're effectively also in dire straits too in that sense. And Maybe. Homegrown key defenders are <laughs> oh there. I, I wish that I wish we went for him. Literally, I was thinking about oh a couple of years ago, the end of twenty twenty again. A low key side, a low key signing out of confidence at the time with the Ruse, out of yeah. favour with the Ruse. The time was there to mm-hmm. strike in that sense because we know what we're trying to achieve around better players. You can fix that confidence. Yeah, around a better system. Well, that, that's what I'm thinking as well. Infinitely better.
1: You might think, what, fullback for the worst team in the league? Why, why would you do that? But around a bit of better players and potentially a better system yeah, but now nah, Here's
0: the tricky part now. Now the selling point is not exactly looking very attractive.
1: No, no it's not. Maybe that's with a front-loader. So that's the, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the
0: thing. We needed to strike whilst the iron was hot. Whilst we yep. knew there is a good thing going, take advantage of it.
1: Front-loaded contract. Maybe we can get Collingwood to pay for that. Uh, just on the on the fly, um, any any key defenders come to mind for you that that you might look at that you think are gettable? Because I think Makai, I think Makai's is gettable, but probably probably not as gettable as he once was. But I think he's, st- I think it's still possible. Okay, we're talking
0: uh, for next year, for instance, and even well, probably even for this season too. Oh dear. Right, someone else
1: place. suggest someone place. else suggested that it might be worth offloading a couple of those out of contract players to free up. Um, correct.
0: And I'm not against yeah. that pending they can be deemed replaceable. Yeah. Because oh well if it's a if it's
1: opportunity a, cost... If it's a midfielder no, will be fine.
0: Cost, correct. But the question is which is the right midfielder? It's gonna sound so sacrilegious at times too. But look, well, like you can see the idea of say a Dunkley being used as that linchpin. But it's amazing how other clubs are able to still keep such players like those guys and be able to bring in big-name players on you know pittance at the same time. Whilst for us, it seems like it's, a, it's an amazing struggle to be able to retain those players whilst bringing in anyone of note or anyone in
1: general. A couple here from Mitch Wynn, one that we've sort of already answered, which is the <clears throat> strategy of recruiting mature ages from the VFL working, or are we missing... Out on opportunities in the draft and giving ourselves depth issues in the in the years to come. I mean, I suppose we've sort of half-answered that. I don't have a problem with going after players from the VFL. Let's be clear. I was a huge fan of, of us going for Will Hayes. And I've been big on a couple of um foot scrape players from the from the VFL, particularly Van der Hoover, in the last couple of years. The problem is, well, the question you've got to ask is um with when it comes to these VFL players, are they actually going to be able to help you out at AFL level? That's the, that's the thing. And I suppose they won't always, I know we've picked up a lot of players from foot screen. Some of them have been successful and, and others haven't. That's okay. But I, I just, am worried about the club overdoing it and there being an unhealthy obsession over reliance, um, loyalty whatever word you want to use towards integrating footscray players into the western bulldog side when there are plenty of players in the country and in other leagues and in other clubs that you may be better off going for that may be able to fill a better need or, or a more required need is all i'll say and another one that he's got here. What are your thoughts on how our bottom six slash role players stack up? Mm. Poorly compared comparison to other members of the competition. Yeah. But do I don't you think have the a, bottom, who's your bottom who's your... six? Is
0: not where the issue is. The issue is more of the top ten at the moment. Yeah. That's just not being able to
1: get into some strong form. Who do you think our best role player is? Because I've got one. Who I think is our best role, role player. player.
0: Hmm. There's a fair
1: point. I suppose it's, it's a subjective, yeah. um, it's a subjective tag to associate with a player, but I've got a favourite role player. Well, I think you'll get a you'll get a solid showing from him most weeks. Ah,
0: okay. Well, we've got. I've probably got actually a couple of names. If you're speaking of role players, yeah, uh, I'd have to go with Taylor Jure, Ryan Gardner. And at this point, in terms of at least following structures or instructions, uh, that would have to be then, yes, Anthony Scott as well.
1: Good boy. Yep. So that, those are the three names. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I suppose when I think of well, – I, I think I'm going on a bit with, um, with sort of bottom six slash role players. So I don't think Taylor Dre or Ryan Garner are in the bottom six. They're not in the bottom six of my best 22.
0: And Scott, not at
1: all. Not at all now. A- Anthony Scott would be. And I really like Anthony Scott. You know, I, I and I, I know it goes against a little bit what I was saying with footscray players going into the AFL side, but I, I think he is someone who's actually been able to make an impact at AFL level. So I'm okay with that one. I'm okay with picking up players for Footscray as long as they're actually going to go on and have an impact in the AFL. And I think he has. He played 21 games last year. He's he, he suffered a bit of an injury at the start of this year, but he uh, he's had some good games um, this season. I thought he was handy at times. He earned his key last year, definitely. Yeah so i've i've not got a problem with him and it's it sounds it sounds a bit odd to say it's it's always on a case-by-case basis but that that's always the situation and the nature with any player that you you bring you judge them on a case-by-case basis you know just because one player from footscray has just has uh has played well doesn't mean they all will and vice versa um and you know i mean i think with any sort of opinion you've got to have of, of your plans to draft players and and whether there's a need to or not, I think it's always going to be a case by case. You won't have a one size fits all. I'll never say we should look to draft more players from Footscray. I'll never say we should stop drafting players from Footscray. I'll always be open to taking players from Footscray into the AFL side if it's actually going to help and if it's, if it's going to be worth it. And I'd say in the case of Scott, it has been. And maybe the jury's still out and a couple of others. Like Gardner came from Footscray. That's been a tick. Gowers yeah, was a tick to an extent. I know he led the goal kicking for uh, in his first season, but really struggled after that. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Uh, Robbie Bakun was uh, one Footscray's best and fairest last year. I, can, I still think probably
0: Hayes would have. I still Hayes. think Hayes was a fine one, regardless of only playing what 10 or so matches, living games. Yeah. He, has, he was a definite class above VFL level and he by far he didn't disgrace himself at afl he just couldn't get a game into that Play, side played enough that doesn't yeah. mean he was that doesn't mean he was in the best team but again you're just surplus to needs and then it goes back to again that uh, term the allocation of resources yeah. but and, and replacing, he earned his crack at the he his crack at the league
1: for sure and replacing and your vfl side rather than than your afl side looking to improve on your reserves rather than your senior, senior squad that's going to do us, I think, for for the week. Unless you've got anything you want, you want to add, Nick, from that that mess, we didn't even oh, right. get to.
0: The,
1: we didn't even get to the VFL. But I think for Lewis Butler's sake, I think he probably appreciates that, that we didn't. Wasn't it uh, you know, didn't end quite the way he wanted to. It's going to be it from us. As I say, I want to thank you all for tuning in, Nick. I want to thank you for for joining me as well. Uh, as always, it's been a pleasure.
0: Oh, it's a oh, it's an interesting week to say the least, but. Look, the boys are a tight-knit group. The club is exceptionally tight-knit. They've done it before. They've shown what they can do. Not just talking, forget the grand final side of things or being able to do that. They've shown they've been able to fight back from adversity. Okay? We hopefully can see the very best of them, elite on a footballing sense, on-field sense. And hopefully it extends right through to the club on the off-field matters that that starts to pick up there. And they can turn a new chapter and say, look, forget what's happened this is it Start afresh. let's go and let's let's get the ball rolling properly
1: i like the attitude i like the attitude to all of our listeners wherever you've been tuning in around the world we thank you for your time of course we do appreciate your company we look forward to having you tuning in again to listen to us rant for another hour about all things bulldog ne- bulldogs next week but until then take care